0: Amen, amen, amen. What do you do after such an introduction? Huh? You just preach. Let's, let's just do this. <laughs> um, tell me, have you ever watched a movie or a song or a series, maybe even a TikTok or a YouTube person you like to follow? Right? Um... But you kind of think they have? There's like a thing in that school, uh whatever, that has questionable um, uh, messaging or questionable morals. Um, anything like that? Maybe talk to your neighbor. I don't want to embarrass anyone. <laughs> just, just talk to your neighbor. Any, just, yeah. You know. Is anyone brave enough to share their their thoughts? Or rather their, their series? Or their... Anybody? Is anybody? Does anyone have the, the guts? <laughs> or is it the, the courage? Let me tell you about... Many years ago, when I was still single, it is many because I've been married for almost 16 years, um i loved to watch the bachelor yeah and um those days for the sake of my very young audience there was no show marks there was no netflix there was no youtube so to watch it you had to be in front of your tv when the I think it used to run on N T V or something. No, there was one. No, no, no. Yeah, the, at that time of that show. And I remember I used to take so much effort so that I can be at home at that point of time. Um let's just say. <laughs> it was there had there were some questionable I'm sure it still airs, right? The bachelor still airs. Um, Yeah, that that was one for me. So for those who have never interacted with me, my name is Purity Masharia. And uh, as you can tell, I'm married to the amazing Benson Masharia, Pastor Benson Masharia. (laughs) And we are blessed with two children, uh, Wema and Ahadi. We thank God for them. Um, Yeah, and it's my pleasure today to bring God's word. Uh, today, like we said, we've been going through a series, uh, Two Truths and a Lie, and uh, today we bring that, oh there is Ahadi, Ahadi is the boy, yeah. uh, and that, that's where i <laughs> the two there are, are, are us. Um, yeah, we've been going through this series, Two Truths and a Lie, uh, and we've been looking at various and and ideologies that are prevalent within today's pop culture many that have captured our imagination and found their way into our cultural lingo, but also into the way we live. We actually don't realize it, but these things become the way we live, all right? Like only good vibes. You actually start living like that. You just don't know it, right? We've been interrogating these phrases to identify the truths that lay in them, because there's usually some truth in there, Um, and then, of course, to expose the lies that lack behind. Okay. And and we've talked about them today. We've we've already sort of said what what was our big takeout. If you haven't caught up on these summons, kindly do so on YouTube or on our Facebook, Mavuno um, South uh, Facebook page, because we air our summons every every Sunday. This series was actually intended to provide us with a godly lens through which we can look and interrogate some of the things around us in our culture, okay? And my prayer is that after this series, our spiritual antenna will be up and we'll be able to weigh, um, you know, just some cultural things against the light of God's word. Because God's word, we believe as Christians, is the ultimate uh, word, is the ultimate way we should live. And as we close this series today, let me start with a cautionary note. Just in case, I'm not seeing any children here, but let me just start with a cautionary note. Today, someone is PG rated. Look at your neighbor and ask them, what does PG mean? Parental guidance is advised. (laughs) So, and even for the sake of those who will watch this sermon or are watching this sermon online, um, parental guidance is advised. And thus, if you're a parent or a guardian and you have children or minors near you while you watch this or in this audience, uh, we advise that you consider having this conversation with them yourself so that uh, they can kind of process it properly. So, it's PG rated. Relax in your seat, <laughs> and you're wondering where we are going with it. So I don't know whether you remember some years back. We had uh, in Kenya a certain parastato who were involved in regulating media content. Anybody remembers that? Yeah, yeah. I think they are still supposed to be doing that, um, and they began to burn some some content. Okay, you re- you remember that? Do you remember anything they banned? Like what? Uh, like who? Any famous song they banned? Or a famous band? by <laughs> Who is the artist? Or a series? Oh, huh? Anything else they might have banned? Nishike by Sauti Soul. Uh huh. Yeah. So this parastato uh, was concerned about limiting exposure of harmful content, especially to children, and they were to place. They wanted to place restrictions on whatever content aired, you know, in 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 the Kenyan air, airwaves. And and one of them, as, as somebody has already said, was like Sauti Soul uh, song, a popular. Banned here in Kenya, and the idea was that this should not play somewhere between five, and then ten p.m. Five a.m. and ten p.m. Now, with the banning of that the song by Saudi Soul, all hell broke loose. And uh, when when father when I mean when they decided to ban it, and guys started asking, "Are you our moral police? Who told you we needed to be policed?" One of the phrases that swirled around social media and other conversations was that you cannot regulate morality. Yeah? In other words, the morality and virtue of people cannot be guided or altered by enforcing laws and banning content. Okay? In any event, anyway, you might argue, Facebook is wide open and YouTube and all these places. Anyway, it wasn't long before conversations in breakfast, radio shows, Twitter spaces, WhatsApp groups, uh, social medias and everything, declared get out of our bedrooms. How does this concern you? You may recall the the phrase, you have no business telling people what they can and cannot do in the privacy of their bedrooms. Okay? As I said, what two consenting adults do behind closed doors is none of your business. None of your... Yeah, they would add, after all, no one is getting killed. And no one is getting robbed. Should they go up? Yeah? They would add, I mean, they would later say it's not a big deal. The clincher would shortly follow. And they said, relax it's just sex okay and that today is our topic is that is just sex is a powerful phrase that has been there across cultures across year i mean many cultures many years this has been the thing it's just sex what's the big deal yeah and people argue we are just sexual beings like any other, like the animals. Yeah? Should they coapi? What is the problem? All right? Let's be honest. How many people watched like scandal and routed? Did you route for the mistress? Did you route for the mistress to sleep with the president? Yeah? How many of you have danced along to Boys to Men's song? I'll make love to you. Esh, Esh. Esh. Or Marvin Aha. What one are you doing? Or Soulti Souls, shortened. Right? Me, I I I have not said anything. Today we watch sitcoms, dramas, TikToks, and all these things. And we route for the couple to hook up. We binge on The Bachelor like I did. Or Love Island. Or others like those. Some even in your own local language. Uh, Or in Niger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the message from all this is the same. It's no big deal. It's just sex. The messages we hear, and this is common in our culture. It's very common in our culture uh, to hear these messages. It's okay to fool around a little. We love each other. Should I go We love each other. We plan on getting married someday, yeah? Anyway, what's the big deal? And like I said, we are, we are sexual beings or we've been married before. So we've done this a thousand times anyway. So why, what is the challenge? Yeah? Or you might argue, maybe your thing is not the physical, uh, whatever, with somebody else. You, you might be saying, it's just porn. I'm not hurting anyone. Okay? Or um, this one I've had I've for many years. Surely, how will I know if we are compatible if I don't? Ah, how ah, will I know if we are compatible? If I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you have to take a vehicle for, yeah, yo, yo. Ah, yeah. What all these scenarios are telling us is to relax. It's just sex, yeah. What the world has done so successfully is to convince us that sex is no big deal the birds and the bees are doing it. It's even on animal planet. So let's do it like they do it on Discovery Channel. Relax, it's just sex. Yeah? I'll tell you, there's a... It's usually quite interesting when you try to teach children on this subject. I don't know any parents here if you've tried. Or if the question has come up to you. Which is usually the the situation. You are asked. So that happened to me one time when we were going to the supermarket. <laughs> ah, and it was so it was okay while we were in the car because I could explain. You know them they don't understand that uh, this is not conversation of Kiram Hali. So we are in the supermarket but not maswali. So that, that was quite hilarious uh, about, yeah. But what if it's not just sex? What if it's not just sex? What if we've been sold a lie? What if our sensual encounters are more than just a physical act? What if what we know as sex is far deeper, far greater, with far greater implications that we've been we've been made to believe? Let's look at God's word to help us unravel, um, you know, this mystery. Or rather, how the Bible sees this uh, against what the culture is teaching. So let's read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. Okay. And it says, Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, it may not be obvious, but what this scripture is actually saying, it looks like, there is some additional value that God made to mankind. There is no other creation that he actually says that he's making in his own image. Okay? Yeah. So, the the intention here when God was creating us is to actually make us kind of special. So, we are not just like the birds and the bees, so to speak. There is a uniqueness of humanity within the created order. And that because God wanted to reflect himself in us, we have the imprint of God in our very beings humanity is the crown of God's creation in fact in Corinthians God calls uh, Paul calls the Christians the temple of the Holy Spirit has anyone ever gone to a temple here? or if you've gone to one of these ancient churches, or even to a mosque have you ever how does it feel when you enter even if somebody is not there it it feels what solemn right I I remember uh, during our honeymoon one of the sites we needed to visit was a mosque it was in Egypt I'm just bragging a little bit (laughs) (laughs) honeymoon come on come on (laughs) <laughs> we needed to enter a mosque. Um, and I mean, you can tell, there's always, when you go to places of worship, there's always a, a sense of uh, reverence, right? And and Paul actually hazards and says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, okay? The second lesson we can learn from this is like in Genesis um so the first lesson is that there's an intrinsic value of mankind okay The second lesson is uh, Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 and a couple of other verses Now Adam knew Eve his wife and she conceived and bore Cain and said I have acquired a man from the Lord Now I don't know whether you you wonder why why what do you think the word knew here is being used to refer to Yeah. Is it that Adam had forgotten his wife? Alim Salimia. Adam greeted his wife. What, what do you suspect? <laughs> yeah, they had sex, right? That's an odd word. It's not that um, Adam had forgotten. It's it's just the word that... Um, the Hebrew actually uses. Actually, in other translations, it uses make love or had sexual relations or something. But the original word actually in Hebrew is yada. Yada, Y-A-D-A, for new. And there's no actually right translation for it apart from new. Yeah? Uh, and and the. It, it's not the only place that it's used. It, it's used in other places. Cain knew his wife. Abraham knew Sarah, Joseph knew Mary, and not until the birth of Jesus. It's there, it's used a lot. And it, the word yada or new it does not necessarily connote the sexual-physical engagement only, but it means something much deeper. Yada is often used in the Bible to mean to have a deep understanding and comprehension of something. Okay. Um, so it actually if you look at uh, like in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 7 it says God says I will be to you a God and you shall know Yada that I am the Lord your God so that it's, it's a depth of knowledge okay? for Adam to know Eve it meant far more than just sleeping with her it meant he was entering a relationship of intimacy understanding and understanding her in a way that no one else ever could Knowing was about being extremely personal, vulnerable and intimate with the other person, having open access to their very souls. And really that's what it means just knowing it's not just knowing physically, it's also knowing in a deep sense uh, the person. In fact, um, in genesis two twenty four it says a man leaves his whole father and mother and is united to to his wife. And the two become one flesh. So it's it's not just a passing thing. There's that aspect of becoming one. One. There's an aspect of, you know, the two actually becoming one. Let me give you an example. Like, if you make some tea. How do you make tea? Kenyan tea, I'm talking. You boil water. uh uh-huh you add milk I'm helping those guys who don't know how to make tea <laughs> you add some majani tea leaves then you boil it and the truth of the matter if you wanted your majani back the way you had to put it in or your milk back the way you put it in or the water back you This was God's idea, that the union of man and woman was to be a permanent, intimate knowledge and union of each other. And the physical act of sex was a seal over this, making them one. The biblical view of relationships is wholly based on the fact that in sex, a man and a woman are to be regarded as a single organism. Hence the word, one flesh. It's like when you put a key in a lock, it's a complete system. Yeah? Or a violin and the bow. It's, it's a complete system. No, there's none, one not with the other. Okay? And Paul echoes this when he writes in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6 in verse 15 to 17. This is an interesting portion of scripture. Actually, as I prepared this sermon, I was struck uh, by some of the truths that it has. It says, do you not know that your bodies are members of your bodies are members of of Christ himself. Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute or a boyfriend or a wine nightstand, stand or a sugar mommy or daddy. Shall I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Then Paul has a very emphatic response and he says, Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in her body? That is profound. That is profound. Because if you unite yourself with a prostitute, you want to think that if you went to K Street and left K Street, that, you know, it's done. But what is Paul saying here? You are one with her in the body. And then he goes on to say, quoting from Genesis, for it is said the two will become one flesh. Yeah? Yeah? And then he says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. I want to say that it's not just sex. There are the oneness, some we can explain. I can give you an example. Some years back, we were doing a a class, Andoa class, we were facilitating Andoa class. Andoa class is, for those who are new to Mavono, is a marriage class. If you're married or you intend to get married, you would come to that class. Okay? And one, one there was a, a young girl there, and uh, she was intending to get married, and she said uh, I think she had been a Christian for a long time, and then she kind of got bored of being uh, uh, maybe, I guess, living without sex, I guess. Uh, so she decided to go out the end and then get somebody. I don't think she knew the person very well. But one thing she discovered after her encounter with this guy is that she actually herself became quite promiscuous. She was not promiscuous before. There is a truth in that you don't just, it's not just the physical enjoyment or lack of it that you experience from the sex. You also carry, you also get an inheritance from that relationship, and that's what many some people call soul ties. So you 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 get sometimes you can actually end up in some bondages that were not with you. You are not a liar. Then suddenly you're you're quite a liar. You understand? Or you are not you know broke, but then suddenly because of you your newfound encounter, you have become. Am I talking to anyone? Ah. Huh? Essentially, what these encounters do, they, they open a door for the enemy to harass you. Uh, not too long ago, I was talking to somebody and I was telling them, um, so they had decided to get a child out of wedlock, blah, blah, blah. And then I was telling them, while you intend to get married eventually to this person, you have set the wrong foundation for your marriage. You know, in the spiritual realm, (laughs) you know, I can come here looking nice. But in the spiritual realm, God cannot be mocked. So, you have the risk um, of acquiring something you never intended to acquire. Or, setting up a, a difficult foundation for yourself. So, you may rub things off afterwards. And and all that. So it's not just a physical act. We have assumed that it is a physical act. We have excluded. Sex has become solely about the physical act to the complete and total exclusion of the spiritual, emotional, psychological, and even mystical union where two individual humans become one. And what tends to happen, there's a lot of pain and brokenness that comes from... Um, you know, sex outside what God intended. Uh, And the outcome of this broken perspective is that because we come to believe that it's just sex, we bond and break, bond and break, and the resultant effect is like ripping one whole person into two all over again. We don't realize that there is no such thing as um, a sex encounter that does not join and bond two people together. And as such, casual or meaningless sex does not exist. I know that's, that's newsflash uh, for somebody. So you, you, if you, I don't know that you've ever seen two papers stuck together completely. Um, if you tried to remove them apart, it's highly unlikely you're going to do it without, you know, getting some tears, okay? So, the, the pain and damage is inevitable uh, in this situation. So, casual and cohibiting couples who are engaged in regular sex will often struggle for genuine and meaningful intimacy. This is because physical intimacy has already become a substitute for emotional intimacy, and the electricity is confused for commitment and love. So you just end up with pain. Or the single guy who does not want to commit but prefers one-night stands or casual encounters, he's left much lonelier than ever before. He is expecting pleasure and release from the act, but because it was designed for more, he is left with a deep hunger that cannot be quenched by the physical, and he continues along his journey, and his ability to commit actually becomes very very difficult. Or for those who are given to pornography. Uh, a couple of years back, we encountered some people who had challenges. I mean, the husband had challenges with, with pornography. The heart and the pain it was causing to the family was unbelievable. Okay. And um, you, you know, with, with pornography, p- masturbation as well, you experience that release, release for the moment and um, then you just Because that was not its its original intention. You just end up with an emptiness. Yeah? And you just end up in pain and a sense of shame. Even now, there are women who cannot have their husbands touch them in certain ways. Because it reminds them too much of things they did in the past. Or husbands who have sex with their wives, who cannot have sex with their wives without comparing them with somebody else. So you kind of distort, and that's the brokenness of this whole narrative of it's just sex. There are many couples who look happy outside, but are insecure around each other and are living in fear. Because you're looking over your shoulders wondering, okay, when when will he discover, when will she discover of this past relationship or this past fleeing or whatever? My point is this. How God designed the sexual act is that it is to be enjoyed in a permanent and committed union between a husband and a wife. And that was its only application. I I know, especially for the very young people, this may look like a shock. Like, what do you mean? Because the narrative, our time it was a bit shameful to be sleeping around. These days I think it is required. (laughs) It's a necessity. Huh? There's a time I think my husband of our had some girl in in some college. You cannot repeat those sentences here. <laughs> and she was talking publicly, right? It's 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 like it's a requirement. But the the truth is that the sexual act, if it's going to work for you, it's it is only required in marriage, and that's where you will enjoy it. Okay. Let's read James chapter one, verse fourteen to fifteen, um, where it says. I don't know that the media team has that scripture, but it says in James James James, James 4, one fourteen to fifteen, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed so you you're tempted by what did God tempt you did your friend tempt you is it your girlfriend who was dressing badly who tempted you by your own evil desire and enticed isn't it then after desire has conceived back up or how Uh But when it has conceived and it gives birth to sin, after it is, when it has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to what? It gives birth to what? To death. This is, this is actually a very deep reality. Not just for sexual sin, but for any sin, actually. Um, because when 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 you're sleeping around, that's not God's intention for you. True? When you're watching porn or masturbation and all these things, it's not, it's not God's perfect plan. Is that God's perfect plan? Yeah? It's not God's perfect plan. So what have you done? essentially. You have, you have said, um, God, for this particular thing, allow me to, to be me. Good vibes, peke ake. Sawa, sawa. And so death has come in. This is a deep truth, guys. This is a deep truth. And death need not be in relationships. Let's say your issue is sleeping around. It need not be in relationships. There is actually, death comes everywhere. It comes, it starts affecting other things that were not in being affected. Okay. So let's, if you want God's perfect, good and perfect plan for your life, the thing to do is um, ensure that you don't bring it on. James is saying that when we give it into our urges and evil desires, sin follows. And we know that the wages of sin is, the wages of sin is death. As I bring this to a close, allow me to say this: there are many who have chosen to live a pure in pure uh, lives, even though we are in a sexualized society. Uh, single men and women who have chosen to uphold their purity, even in the light of the cultural uh, situation. There are older men and women who were once married but are not anymore. And even though they have enjoyed physical intimacy in the past, they have chosen to stay celibate. There are also those who have been bound in sexual addictions in the past but have found freedom in Christ and are now honoring God with their bodies. There are those who have cohabited but upon conviction of God's word have moved out and determined to relate in purity until marriage. Ah, I knew my name is in there somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to affirm and celebrate you, but I also appreciate that there are those who will readily admit that they have messed up and are now and are aware of the pain, either in their lives or in the lives of others, and are wondering if it's too late. I want to say that God is a God of many chances. If you truly are repentant, this is not the unforgivable this is not the unforgivable sin yeah he's able to cut off your sexual soul ties uh, in the past in the present yeah and there is grace and forgiveness let's read first John chapter one and verse nine if we confess our sins if we if we if we confess our sins. Not if we long for our sins. Not if we have amnesia about our sins. This you have to confess. You have to confess. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Okay. So let me share some simple ABCs. Uh, about the next steps. I know you might be feeling like, especially if you're in a situation where you're thinking, I um, might be feeling it's a bit too much. But let me give you some practicals. Eh? So for A, ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Admit to yourself that you have made mistakes. And ask the Lord to forgive you where you have misused your sexuality and invited pain into your life or the life of others. I want to say this. Sometimes, maybe, I mean, you've moved on uh, from that, whatever, that relationship and forgot. But you've never taken time to confess that sin. So, like I've said, in the spiritual world, you know, things are like black and white. Ukuwa kunanga grey. Okay. So if, if that has happened, don't sweep it under the carpet. Confess. Even if it's maybe how you decided to get married, you took tulika Pamoja, Kidogo, to Drive, parking. Confess. Confess your confess your sins. All right. The present or the past. For B, I'll say, begin to make some changes. Identify changes that you must make in your life in order to begin to honor God with your body. It might mean ending a relationship today. Moving out of that house. Or setting boundaries with a particular person. It might even mean, if you're like... You know have issues with porn. it might mean switching off your Wi-Fi or placing content blockers on your gadgets so that you're not tempted. Imagine somebody a recovering addict from alcohol and I say, "I'm just going to see my buddies in the bar." It's the same. You have to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive. If you want to break from this bondage, you have to be aggressive. It may mean inviting more accountability into your life with others. Like, don't operate your gadgets privately. If you know you have an issue with pornography, have your gadgets always in the open. Or don't go sleeping late. Don't know all these kind of things. Just make, make sure that you're very accountable yourself. And I usually say, you're the one who seeks accountability. Don't say, I, the pastor is going to make me accountable. No. Don't wait for Pastor Benson or myself or Pastor J to catch you in the act. Uh-uh. You yourself, go look for people and tell them, ah, Sasa, am going to for a while. Because these are images, many Don't sacrifice your destiny. Don't sacrifice your destiny because of sexual immorality. And maybe you need to stop watching those shows. Because what what I discovered is that those shows actually they lower your guard with time. You don't know it, but you just look. You, You will catch yourself one day saying, actually it's not so bad. You wouldn't believe yourself. I remember we used to watch a show. What was the name? Gregory House. I don't know. You remember? Greg, eh? Dr. House. <laughs> okay. The questionable content for me, in that was the married couple used to have a very bad sex life. Actually none. <laughs> but the, the I think there was a gay guy who they looked like they could they could hit it off. It lowers your think your 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 morals. I would say stop watching. Yeah, renew your mind with the scriptures. We are going through the scriptures in this season. Uh, renew your mind with the scriptures. Okay. Yeah. Write down and commit to what you're changing. Then again, give people meddling rights. I remember when I was single. At some point, I said, "I'm going to live with someone." I didn't need to. I could afford the house, but I decided to live with someone because at a, when I was dating Miss, uh, Pastor here, then he was just Masha. <laughs> you understand? I mean, if you're living alone in your two, three-bedroom house, yeah, na boyfriend ame kujia na ukona shots. What what hopes are there? Let's be honest. This is, this is called what? It has no respect. It does not respect nobody. Don't say I'm a pastor or I'm a DG leader. Then work. Invite people to hold you accountable. Okay. And and this whether there are people who can call you and ask you. <laughs> I remember when we were dating uh, Bishop Oscar's wife uh, B, B Morel I remember her asking, telling me uh, I hope you guys are going to honor us I mean she was not mincing her words and then another friend of ours uh, uh, Pastor Zef some of you know Pastor Zef Pastor Zef did not even waste his words he just said I hope you guys are not sleeping together <laughs> Akuna, he was not meaning. Have such people in your life. Have such people. If you are in a bad marriage, have a friend who can ask. Hey, but I know things are tough. Eh? Na i kitu shikili. Have somebody who is going to ask you those questions. Okay. Some of you know I ask those questions. Sorry. Let me say that sex is an incredible and beautiful thing but when sex is used outside god's purposes it's only pain it's only pain it's only pain i want us to make a commitment if you have a place where you write notes on your gadget, if you don't have i think the ushers can give you a paper if you need a paper or a pen put up your hand And this is for everyone. Let me tell you. It it is a lie. It is a lie that you will not be tempted because you are. eh? Because you are married. Eh? What is this? Eh, You are told to crucify the flesh. So let's commit ourselves again. Let's commit ourselves again. And I want us to, I want you to write this down. Write it yourself. Take time, write it in your gadget or on your paper. If you need a paper, raise your hand. The ushers will give you a paper and a pen. And then we will say it aloud. Before I ask Pastor Benson to come and pray. Let's, I think, let's all rise and declare it. It's there on the screen. You know what declaration does? It sometimes your body is not willing to go. But you declare it because it is God's purpose for you. So that's what declaration does. Let's say you are sick; you don't start saying, "Oh, I'm gonna die." Uh-uh. You start saying, "By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed." Isn't it? That's what declaration does. It doesn't say, "I'm I'm just trying to," you know, agree with God's purposes for my for my life. So let's 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 uh, media shout. Uh, let's go to I commit. So that everybody can see here. Alright, let's say this together. I commit. I commit to honor my body. Which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. By not having any ungodly sexual activity. Or relationships. Next. I denounce all evil oneness and ties from evil sexual activity or relationships. I commit to guard my mind and heart from things that glorify ungodly sexual relations and activity. I declare I belong to Jesus and I am one with him in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Let's just be seated for a minute. Instead for a minute, it's a difficult and heavy topic. It's a lef- relevant topic, right? It's something that we need to talk about and continue to talk about. For all ages, married and married, single uh, and searching, single and satisfied, all need to do that. And so, thank you, Pastor Purity, for breaking it down for us. Another round of applause for uh, Purity for a good one. And so, scriptures will not change. You know, society, we are changing in where we are becoming more and more permissive. And sometimes, when we watch these things and become too much of us, we have difficulty challenging and saying this is what the Bible says. But that will not change. And so we need to continue to say that we will hold you accountable. Students. um, Everyone. Let's get into the habit. Even in your DG. If people are in a relationship or not, just find out. Let's ask each other. Let's keep each other accountable for these things. But you know, scriptures are very clever, or the word I should say wise. You know, it all comes down to the body. It all comes down to the body. You know, everything we do with ourselves, you know, if I'm going to a place, I have my body, right? If I'm going to indulge in anything, I have my body, right? If I'm going to see anything, it is my body. And here's what it says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says this, eh? It says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this, your, this is your true and proper worship. And so whatever you do, whether it's what you eat or drink, whether it's any engagement in sex and so on, offer, if you've offered your body as a living sacrifice, and the word there is sacrifice, Lady to God and say God have your way then you will do what is right in accordance to God. And so when it says you know a, a sexual sin it's not just an normal sin you sin against yourself. It's your body. And so let's as, as as we close the service as we have committed to give our bodies to, to Christ and to commit in those, in, in, those, in those ways we have let's remember that it's also our body that we give to the Lord in every day and every day in everything and in every way and so I'd like our benediction to be in that same Romans chapter 12 for us to stand up as we close the service, thank you all for coming Uh, let's find out from people we know and uh, encourage them to be with us next Sunday so remember we ask for forgiveness, we make changes, we commit to accountability and so do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. And so I pray Lord for us and, our, and for, the, for, for your people this morning that we will offer our bodies as living sacrifices that we will not be conforming to the patterns of this world. But God, we ask that you renew our minds, renew the minds of your people so that we may be able to test and approve, be able to know what is good in every circumstance, what is pleasing to you in every circumstance, and what is perfect for us in every circumstance. And so, Lord, I release your people into the week that they may walk in the perfect purpose that you have for them. That what they eat, what they drink, where they go and what they do will be ordained of you. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Remember our visitors to please come on this, this table and take time to make sure, make sure you say hi to somebody else. Don't just go away fellowship with someone, interact with them. God bless you. Have a great week.